If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. That's okay with you guys having a conversation in there. Uh, but I'll get it started. That's okay. No worries. You guys chatted up for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Overtime, Kurtz and Middleton, ESPN 690. What a disaster. What a disaster all the way around. Go all the way to London just to do that. Uh, we got to talk about the quarterback. It's been We didn't have to do that for a while. We're back talking about the quarterback. We got to talk about the defense, the coaching. Why are we throwing the ball on the goal line again? It's all back. Well, Casey, you better fit it all in because I got two segments. That's it. And then it'll be all you, which would still be entertaining if you wanted to take another 60 minutes of Where you talking going? about the Jags. I got two segments to talk about the Jags, and then we got to move to something different. I can't handle it, man. I cannot handle it. I know you're going to give me the floor. This is how this works on a Monday. Then I'm going to be like, hey, what did you talk about in the big show? And then before you answer, I start over-talking We you. talk about that the team is horrible. Yeah. That's what we talked about. Yeah. All aspects of it. Yeah, I'm sure so you had ahead. Mojo on here talking about we how did. terrible the team was, too. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Mojo on Masters Mondays. Yes. Yeah. On ESPN 690. Yeah. Only on ESPN 690. We talked about the Jags all day. Can't find that anywhere else. You know what I'm talking about. Way to wear the South Carolina hoodie, by the way. That was embarrassing. I'm committed. Yeah. I give South, South Carolina a chance, okay? Are you eating candy? What is happening? I am. Almond Joy, man. Marco just said Almond Joy is the worst candy ever. And I was like, more for me, you hater. Wait a minute. You're eating Almond Joy willingly? I'll let you earn. Yeah, man. Why Almond not? Joy is the worst candy out there. Oh, okay. So you and Brent are really brothers. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it. Okay. That, well, is, cool. that, is, that is the worst candy choice that anybody could make. You're Almond a hater. Joy. And you're wrong. Let me tell you why. You get the candy bar aspect. You get your milk chocolate. You get your fruits, the coconut. You get your protein from the almond. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get all the macronutrients in a candy. Sure. Can't do that with Twix, with Reese's. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. That peanut butter ain't real. Been processed. This is real whole almond. Casey Kirk, whole almond. That being said, mm-hmm. I only got two extended segments of Jags talk. Sounds good. We'll get after it. <sighs> you were saying it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it my turn for the floor? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, Casey, I got to be real with you, man. When the interception happened, the first one. Yep. I I said I know how the fourth quarter is going to end. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? I think everybody said when that. When that happened, yeah, I think so. But I came late to the Jags fandom, right? Full disclosure, Carolina Panthers fan. 
from South Carolina. We ain't get an NFL team. We ain't, they, 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 right, Goodell or who was the Pete? Somebody was the commissioner beforehand. But either way, they weren't trying to get South Carolina no, you know, uh, you know, a whole NFL franchise. So you were either an Atlanta Falcons fan, or you know, now that Carolina came, you're like, oh yeah, Carolina Panthers fan or something like that. Okay, sure. But once I got here, and once I really got involved with you know the area. You're like, you know what? I want the Jags to do well. I'm still going for Carolina, but I, now, Casey, I'm a full-fledged fan. And I got to be real with you. Yesterday was the first time that I felt that true Eeyore energy, that true just, you know what? Forget Murphy's Law. It's called the Jaguars Law. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And when it goes wrong, we know how the end is going to happen. Very fatalistic of me at this point. Mm-hmm. When that interception happened, even though the Jags were outplaying those guys, even to that point, even after the interception, I would still be like, no, nah, Jacksonville's still outplaying them. And, yeah, they still are winning the game. I was like, you know what? In the fourth quarter, we are going to look back at this and be like, man, if we could have at least gotten a field goal, this is going to hurt. Not just because it's the red zone, another turnover in the red zone, but because you know that as good as we are, okay, quotation marks, I, I do believe we're better than last year, but that's what I mean. That much better that we are than last year, we're not good enough to overcome those kind of mistakes. You know the teams that are, are good enough to, to overcome that kind of mistake? Uh, Buffalo, Philadelphia, uh, Kansas City. You know, give me a couple more. I mean, it, like... I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, like, I can give you the Atlanta Falcons who gave up a Hail Mary at the end and still won in overtime. They yeah. overcame it. Yeah, well, well, they had a lot of help, okay? If the other team's going to help you the way that the Carolina Panthers did, then okay. I mean, Denver had, like, 40 penalties. I mean, they, they were certainly trying. Yeah, but but watching most of that game, the part where the Atlanta Falcons really messed up was that right there, that blown coverage. What you're talking about, multiple penalties, but you're also talking about multiple mess-ups with the Jags. Big-time mess-ups in crucial situations. I guess overall my point is this, man. I'm not jumping off no bandwagon. I got no problem with you if you want to jump off the bandwagon, reevaluate, and come back at the end of the season next year. I got no problem, Jags fans, because I understand. I, I knew the numbers of the struggle of the Jags over the past 12 seasons or so, 13 seasons. I get it. What I really just understood yesterday, because the first thing, like you just said, Casey, most people probably thought who were rooting for the Jags or turning into the game and have watched the Jags at any point in the season. When that interception happened, I was like, well, we are not going to win this game. We're going to lose this game. Ain't that something? That is so crazy. Not really. I want to break out of that, man. I'm usually a a big-time cheerleader, optimistic, times a thousand, and that's why we work so well together, Casey, because you're you're more of a realist, uh, and you've been real on this team based on their performance a whole lot. There are some bright spots that we'll get to, I'm sure. Are there? Uh, they are. And, you know, and, and you can point to that. But, man, Casey, two and six. I, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you. You know, uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll delve into Trevor a bit. But mm-hmm. as I hand it back to you right now, I there's no way this team should be two and six. I get it. Their records say what they are. But there's no way that they should be. At the very least, they should be 500. Let's start there. Yeah. That they're 2-6. and six. With the Detroit Lions on the schedule, 
with the Houston Texans on the schedule. So they control their destiny for the number one overall pick. It is very much in play for the third straight year. And you know what? It might be likely because they beat the Houston Texans twice in the last 50 years. We did the stats when they played the Texans. We'll do them again in December. They cannot beat the Houston Texans who are not trying to win. The Detroit Lions, now they don't play no defense. I will agree there. But they put 40 points up on whoever they're playing. So I'm not doing it yet. I feel like I should do draft talk. I looked up C.J. Stroud's numbers earlier today. All right? But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. I promise you that. Well, let's just start. uh, We'll start on offense. But I'll start without Trevor. Oh. Where the hell is Christian Kirk? Does he play? Last four games. One for 11. Four for 24. Seven for 96. He played that game. Three for 40. How much are they paying this guy? 70-something. Nice. Oh, awesome. World-class stuff right there on the offensive side of the ball. Travis Etienne's great. I'll give you that. There you go. Bright spot. Great. We're gonna Bright have to, spot. We're going to have to take down seven days without J-Rob on the stream. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Might Twitch. have to, yeah. Because, like, Etienne's like, and? Hey, and? Travis Etienne is great. Travis Etienne should have had a second touchdown yesterday. Instead, Doug Peterson threw the ball from first and goal on the one. And Trevor threw it straight to the other team for the second straight and, uh, There's <laughs> not a person. The there is not a person alive. <laughs> okay. When Trevor rolled right, oh. you all knew what was going to happen. Yeah, you know what? There's <laughs> not. Doug Peterson knew. Trevor knew. Oh, he's, he's like, ah, somebody right now. Oh, man. Oh, they're on TV right now. There's, okay. there's not one of you that was watching the game yeah. that was like, ah, he'll complete this one. Yeah, that was a, a break. I, you, you, have you ever had a panic attack? I'm not making light of it. I've, I've had uh, it before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I, before, I didn't when that was happening. Right. Well, before, before I ever had one, I would be like, oh, okay, you know, it sounds like it's a terrible thing. But until I actually had one in the hospital... And I was like, oh, my goodness. And you kind of understand what happens when you're going down that path. Mm-hmm. I got to be real with you, Casey Curse. It wasn't panic attack worthy. But that beginning stages, as soon as they, they, they were in the shotgun and we had like a yard to go. First and go from the one. And I was like, no, no, hold on. Hold on. Call a timeout. Call a timeout real quick. Let's talk this over. First Why and we in goal from the freaking one yard line. And then you're right, Casey, when he rolled. I was just like, man, anything else, man, run out of bounds. Slide. Same play. Get set. (laughs) He didn't throw it directly to the Denver. The guy from Denver made an amazing play. That That was not an amazing play. Yeah, it was. First of all, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. He ran with him, and he went to throw the football, and he just stepped in front of it. It's a play that anybody anybody in the NFL makes. He dunked the basketball. It's a play that any DB in the NFL makes. Rasheed no, Mathis said it no, earlier. You want to argue with Rasheed Mathis? I don't want to uh, play the position. So, so if we watch somebody not make that play, does that make him wrong? I'm just saying it's not the only the only person that doesn't make that play wears a Jags uniform. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. My point is this: Casey Kurtz, I'm with you with all the struggle and the the way that he rolled in that play call, and I, you know, I just I don't get it. I I, I don't understand where your mind is at. But to the point of Trevor, I you know, I are we getting to a point? I'm not off the Trevor uh, bandwagon or thinking that he's the guy, the quarterback for the team. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are. They're, they're questioning. They may not say he's not the guy for the team, but they're questioning it. Questioning it. But how many times, Casey, do you have a situation like this and you're just like, okay, maybe I'm not that good. And maybe it's not Trevor it's asking question. that. But, you know, there's other people on the team. 
there's there's other guys who are, you know, fighting hard to try to get this win. Like, how many times does something like this happen or that fumble that almost, you know, like they I, – <sighs> I can't even get the thoughts together because it, it was just as frustrating. Not, and this is what, I don't want 90 minutes of me doing this right here. So No, it's, it's a good question because that that is a thought that I had when he threw the interception in the end zone. When do you realize? Now, here's the thing. I put a lot of that on Doug Peterson. And I'll explain that in a second. But, yeah, you got to get to the point where it's like, hey, I'm not better than everybody on the field. This isn't Clemson against Georgia Tech. This is the NFL. Everybody's getting paid. Everybody's trying, and they're talented on the other side. I mean, Brian, the second interception, the dude had a cast on. That was impressive. No, it was a horrible throw, but it was impressive that the dude with the cast caught the football. It was behind Kirk. It was, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. Yeah, it was behind him. Yes, it was. You can't do that. (laughs) You can't do that. That's right. 18 for 31 for 133 yards. Generational, baby. Awesome. Wow. 58% 58% completion percentage, two interceptions, as mentioned. And at least the week before, he completed 51%. Awesome. All right, so back to the, 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 end, the interception in the end zone, right? Doug Peterson, to me, first of all, his first single from the one. Travis Etienne is by far the best player on offense. He's running all over the Denver Broncos. It does not take a brain surgeon, a mathematician, any of those things, if you hand it to him three times, I have a pretty good feeling. I would almost guarantee it, but I can't because I didn't see it. But the guy who's touching it 6.5 yards every time he touches the football is what I should have said, can get a yard in three tries. Right? I'm not going out on a limb there. Travis Etienne gets in from the one-yard line if you let him try three times. Heck, even a fourth time. And I think Doug Peterson there has to save Trevor Lawrence from himself. Because we've seen the movie, to your point, Brent said earlier today, he doesn't think he's going to make the same mistake twice. Why not? Why, why would you think that? Where's the proof there? You can't call that play if you're Doug Peterson. Trevor can't throw the football. I agree. But Doug Peterson has to save this guy from himself at times. Because... Brian, as soon as he rolled right, we all knew. And I think that's the part that... We all knew. That's the part that starts weighing in what makes me think about what's weighing on Trevor's mind, right? Because in a certain mindset, you want your quarterback to have a short enough memory so that they're not gun-shy, right, in all facets of the passing game. You, You don't want that. However, you do want them to be a bit more careful when you come to... Yeah, any uh, you know, anytime you have the ball, but especially when you're in the red zone. And I texted you the other time uh, earlier or later in the game. I was like, this isn't the Jags versus the Broncos. They actually scored on that play. I mean, on that drive, but it's the Jags versus the red zone because now we're eight weeks in, and this has been an issue since the preseason. And I just you know washed it away as okay, it's the preseason. Then I was like, oh, it's early in the season. Doggone it. Huh? It's getting into week nine now. Okay? It's just bad. They can't, they can't do that on a consistent basis. Some of it's play calling. Some of it's execution. I don't know what you want to get a percentage. Trevor's a quarterback, so you got to give him most of that percentage. But you're right. And also, one more point, Casey. Yep. I like the fact you say save Trevor from himself. You got and, to. And I don't, 
I just want to piggyback a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You may not have to do that in year three, four, and five, but right now, you still do. You've got to, okay? Because we're talking about a guy who, you know, tongue in cheek now. It, some people are saying generational, but it's just like, yo, if you give this man too many times where it's just like it always goes wrong, where does that start to stun his growth? Where does that start to stun his growth and his belief in himself? I don't think that he's not believing himself after listening to that press conference again. I'm like, well, you know, he seems like he still is just shaking things off and, and he can still make that pass. And I'm over here like, man, you know, who am I? The same way that I'm not going to argue with, uh, you know, Rasheen Mathis about any uh, quarterback making that play. Who am I to argue with a quarterback of an NFL team if he says he can make that pass? But I'm like, why even try it at this point? But I'm agreeing with, I'm agreeing with you, at least for this season, man, until he shows some better judgment or better accuracy in a a first and goal at the one-yard line first that you got to roll out. Man, save him for himself. Get into the end zone. Try this when we up 21 to 3. Okay? Do that. Yeah. I mean, just that's why I put it on Doug Peterson. I don't know what we're I don't I don't know what's happening there. I you don't always have to be the smartest person in the room. That's fair. And I understand there was like 100,000 people with the teams and, you know, the the staff and everything and the fans in the room at the time. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson didn't have to be the smartest guy there. Hell, he could have been the dumbest guy there because the whole planet thought he was going to hand it. Well, actually, no. Let me rephrase. Any of the other 31 teams in the league, the whole planet would think, hey, the running back is touching it for 6.5 every time he gets the ball. He's going to run it straight up the middle three times. Not this team. Oh, not this team. Not even slightly. We're going to talk about the defense after the break, Brian, just so you know. That's kind of the, okay. the mindset of what we're doing here. Because I got some thoughts on that as well. 98-yard drive to lose the game. That's incredible. Um, it, it's one of these days, Brian. It's one of these, like, what else is there to say, right? Well, um, I mean, I, I, Evan Ingram played okay. Okay. Hey, I was going right there. Okay, Evan Ingram with that. Touchdown. Yeah, made a play. I think Evan Ingram's doing what they want him to. I said this actually not too long ago uh, on Brent and Friends, but we did like a power ranking, like your five guys that you're riding with on the Jags right now Mm -hmm. that are performing and like you can put there. And I put Evan Ingram there because here's why I did it. Evan Ingram, when he goes out there, you know you're getting four for 50 and hope he's only has one touchdown. I get that. But you know what you're getting. Four or five catches, 40 to 60 yards. That's what you're getting. And that's why I put him in that five to ride with than Christian Kirk, who you have absolutely no clue what you're getting. You know what I mean there? There's no consistency. Now, granted, I know part of that's on Trevor, but Ingram's putting up these consistent numbers with the inconsistent play from Trevor. So I think Evan Ingram's doing his job. I think if Evan Ingram wasn't on this team, I said that too, and they were running out the tight ends they had last year. Nope. I think Evan Ingram's been really good for Trevor Lawrence. Safety blanket, call it whatever you want. I think they'd be in a world of trouble if he wasn't on the team. I'm not going to, like, say they wouldn't won games without him. Like, I'm not going that far. But I think Evan Ingram's been really good for them. So you got Evan Ingram. You got ETN. Like, I know Jermichael Hasey doesn't get the ball much, but it feels like he's he's doing some things. Okay? I'll, I'll give you Jermichael Hasty. Like, I like – they're okay at running back. I still wouldn't have traded James. They're okay at running back. I like their tight end. Got anything else? I don't. I mean, on the line. I mean, Cam Robinson played horrible. That was Cam Robinson's worst game of the year. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Brandon Sheriff's okay. 
as shifty as ETN is, like he was, there was some holes there. Like he he wasn't just making everybody miss in the backfield. So you know the line play for the run game. Granted, the the you're dealing with ETN, who's like a game breaker. He's showing that now, game in and game out. Mm-hmm. So like where it might have been an eight yard gain because the hole was there and he was able to hit it. If he's another back, ETN turns it into twenty five thirty. Uh, but the line had some good. They had some good moments in there. They had some good moments, especially when it comes to the run game, in my opinion. All right. Hey, you know what I like about this? We let the silence sit. Usually, dead radio. You don't like that. You don't like that at all. But you have to let it sit at today. times. You know what I mean? Because he's not buying it from the line. I'm. I mean, as a. I get it. Differing opinions. It's okay. Yeah. I. I think. As a whole, I don't know. If you want to, you could maybe convince me. But you, the left side of the line yesterday was bad. The right side was okay at best. I think Travis Etienne covers up a lot of that. To your point, are there holes? Yeah, he has to run through something. But I think that his ability to turn seven or six into 30, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's not – once you're past the line, it's, it's you're faster than the other guy and you can make a guy miss. So I'll give you the credit. You got – there was a hole at some point. But I'm not going to put what Travis Etienne did on that offensive line, especially not the left side of it yesterday. Can you take any – yeah, because this isn't defense-related per se. Can you take any – I mean, any solace, even though this is the continued like record on repeat, song on repeat with the way that the Jags are losing, even though uh, this time you can point probably at both sides of the ball in certain spaces – but just like the the ending, can you take any solace in comparison to last year that once again the Jags either go into the fourth quarter or in the fourth quarter take the lead, take the lead back, only to give it up and lose it? No. Okay. All right. Because you because I, I understand what you're saying, but the way that they lost the lead, no. And once again, on the first play. On the first freaking play of the drive to go win the game, you turn it over yeah. on the first play. And again, on a garbage throw that was picked off by a guy wearing a cast. I th- <laughs> you know, that's the part. And what makes it funnier is that you're not laughing at all. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I for a split second after I was just like, I can't believe it. And then I was like, I can't believe it. My third thought was... I wonder what's happening in the Kurtz household right now. I, I wonder I what's just, happening right now. I just got up and moved on with my life. Okay. Turn on some FIFA, something. Yeah, I don't even know. I took a nap, actually. I don't know if you remember that. I napped because I was texting with you and I went dark for oh, like four right. hours. Yeah, that's right. Nap. You did say. I just didn't need this wow. kind of crap. My fantasy team is just horrible. The Jags are no better. Um, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the last thing because then we'll go to break and then we'll talk about the defense. I did not play quarterback in the National Football League, right? But I listened to people that did. High level or not, every single one of them said in the history of the sport, they teach you to miss on the outside versus the inside where the ball can get picked on the last play of the game. So if you're going to tell me that they've been hammering that into kids playing the quarterback position in before high school, high school, college, in the league, you miss to the outside there. And he misses to the to the backside, the inside, behind him. I don't know, Brian. 
Like, I don't know. And I'll tell you this. Yeah. They, you want draft talk? Oh, boy. Here's my draft talk for the day. Here we go. If they end up with the number one pick and don't pick a quarterback, what are they doing? Wow. Wow. Can we pull this clip? Do you want this? You we, want this clip? Here's pull? the thing. Holy I feel smoke. If it's the second pick, I feel different. There's like five guys that you think could be the number one pick right now. And you have your pick of that guy? Based on what you've seen so far, if the Jags somehow end up with the first pick, you want a quarterback. Here's the thing. For them to... You're a wild boy. I tell you what. I ain't mad at you, man. Talk your talk. Here's the thing. To end up with the number one pick, you know how bad it has to go the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. So, or how bad it has to go in the fourth quarter, you know, specifically. So if, if we're at the point where it's looking like this against teams like the Lions, because you will have to lose to the Lions to get the number one pick. If it's looking like that against Houston again, because that loss against Houston was on the offense. Yeah, that one If was, it looks yeah. like that again, and you play that poorly to Houston, and you play that poorly to the Lions, and they don't figure out how to beat somebody else along the way, I mean, generational is not 60% completion percentage. It's just not. Let's see how it plays out. I don't know what to tell you. You know, C.J. Stroud's got like 29 touchdowns. Really? That's what we're doing? Another guy that went to a big-time program with all the talent? That was, was what we got right now, right? That's what we got right now, right? And uh, then you just I, said I about guess. Trevor, this ain't Clemson? Now you want to go get C.J. Stroud? I don't know, Casey. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Who are you on, Will Levis? No, come on. No, I, I want to wait till next season. I'm just telling you the truth, man. It's fair enough. All of this may be me saying the exact same things that you've been saying next season if things don't turn around for Trevor in this offense. But right now, I'm just like, just give him the rest of the season. See, oh, he's going to have that. <laughs> he's going to. Big trust on that. Let's go to break. I got some thoughts on the defense. I wrote an article today for ESPN 690 about why they should trade Josh Allen. That's up on the website, ESPN690.com. I'll explain myself when we come back overtime with Kurtz and Middleton. Casey Kurtz is me giving you those takes. Brian Middleton is the guy not co-signing him, but wearing a South Carolina hoodie after a loss to Missouri. We'll talk about that as well. Florida, Georgia was in town. Me and Brian Middleton were there. Holy cow. There's a difference in program between the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators. We talk about all of it, but the Jags defense is next, and then I'm done with the Jags for the day. But we talk about the defense on the other side. We'll be right back. Time with Kurtz and Middleton, ESPN 690. Brian Middleton is the broadcast on. He is on the ones and twos. Casey Kurtz as well. On a Monday, overreaction, appropriate reaction, it's reaction. More yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, it, it is a reaction. So um, that's what we're doing here on ESPN 690. And we will take you until uh, about an hour from now, 730 ish. And we will hand it off to uh, some Monday Night Football between the Browns and the Bengals. Uh, no Jamar Chase in that football game, so hopefully you don't have him uh, in your fantasy lineup. And if you're playing daily fantasy, you should uh, play T. Higgins because that's my Celsius tip for pick that you heard this morning uh, during Monday Morning Madness. But we, we go back to the Jags for one more segment. I'm not talking about him after this segment. I refuse. I Listen, I'm, I'm never asking people to go, right? We appreciate you listening. But, like, I'm done with them after this. So... Just a fair warning. I'm going to talk about college football. We're going to talk about Halloween. Probably talk about the Bengals and the Browns. 
So this is all I got left for the Jags today, right? Two hours this morning, three hours this afternoon. I'm not spending another half hour on them. But we will now talk about the defense. You want to start with the positive? You're, you're, you like to start with the positive. Tyson Campbell is really good. Tyson Campbell is great. I think Tyson Campbell is elite. What say you? Pro Bowl? Okay. I think he's worthy. I just think Jags. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's definitely a hit. Tyson Campbell uh, is definitely going to be a hit, that pickup, that draft pick. Mm -hmm. You know. Thank you, Urban. You know, that's one thing. And I was like, listen, who would have thought that at this point in both of their careers, the first round draft pick on offense under the Urban, you know, tenure that's showing up is ETN, the one that you actually had them, you know, wasn't it just a everybody would have done it decision? Yeah. So I don't you is that thank you card? Is that thank We're you card even it. popped out? I mean, I know it's hard to do it. We're working the record, but I mean, the ETN is really hitting right yeah. now. Tyson Campbell, yeah, he looks really good. He looks like he's growing each and every game. And if you believe what you believe, the next pick in that draft was Walker Little. We believe that was Trent Balky. So, you know, take that for what you will. Uh, yeah, we're working on it. All right, the performance center's going up. ETN's good. Campbell's great. Yes, we're working on the thank you card. So you're about to say that bring Urban back? Just front office duties, front like a Bruce Arian type deal. Bruce Arians, he's he's not no. on the he's not on the sideline at all, mm-hmm. not at all. But mm-hmm. you know, maybe you scout some talent out here. Yeah. Maybe you know? No. No. Okay. I think it's kind of like a you know one hit wonder situation. The, the, <laughs> the defense though, Casey. Uh, yeah, I um. Dewan Smoot played well. One and a half sacks. I think Smoot should get more time. I'll tell you about that in a second. I think Arden Key was a... Arden Key played well. The hype. You know what I'm saying? You know what? Just as everybody drew it up, the two pass rushers that would be making plays, Smoot and Key. Yep. Just what we thought. Well, listen, Trayvon had a half a sack. He was in there, okay? Yes, but... And Smoot came, came together. And that was an appropriate place to place Trayvon Walker. Smoot played better than all of them. I yeah. think Arden Key played the next best, and then Trayvon Walker. Absolutely. Hands down. Third. But so you number know, one freaking pick. But you know what? Hey, uh, Gabe, yo, chill out. Can I can I get acclimated? But besides that, Casey, we've named acclimated. four names. Eight games in. We've named four names, and we haven't named a guy who you have written a whole article about that is located on ESPN690.com. Dot com. Uh, Josh yeah, the first time I just said ESPN six ninety, like nah, it's just not in the radio. You know what I mean? Website, yeah, uh, it's on the front page. So, yeah, let me tell you about it. So here's what I did, and I'm not going to lie to you. Most of this article is about why they can't extend Josh Allen to the going rate right now. Okay, that's what most of the article is about. However, it is titled "Why Trading Josh Allen for the Right Return Makes Sense," and basically in that article. I um I lay out the situation. I lay out the stats, and I compare stats to guys like, well, not even Nick Bosa, because Nick Bosa's blowing his stats out of the water, and they were in the same draft. But a guy like Max Crosby, right, in the same draft as um, uh, Josh Allen, just signed a four-year, $94 million contract, average annual value of 23.5. Significantly better, Max Crosby has been. Harold Landry, looked at that guy for the Tennessee Titans, right, good player. Just signed a five-year, $87.5 million contract. Significantly better. Looked at Preston Smith. Four-year, $52 million contract. Hmm. Better player. And what I basically did was I looked at these numbers, looked at the pay, 
and kind of found a spot where I think Josh Allen should be paid. And okay. this is this is the main part of the article here. It's really good. I gotta check it out. I said uh, after going through some stats, or I'm not going to give you all those, but I said thank you. However, somewhere between ten and thirteen million dollars of average annual value is where I would have a Josh Allen contract extension. Okay. But let let's look at this from Josh Allen's side. That's what I said. Randy Gregory just signed a five year, seventy million dollar contract with the Broncos with an AAV of fourteen million dollars. Hmm. Randy Gregory has never in his career had more than six sacks in a season. Josh Allen's done that twice in four years. So you see the problem brewing? Oh, yeah. I think his stats right now have him around a 10 to $13 million a year player. And a guy who's done less just got paid $14 million. So there's the problem. You cannot afford to pay Josh Allen $15, $16, 17000000 $18 million a year. The performance has not been there for that amount of money. If it co- popped up on my screen right now and Josh Allen signed a four-year deal with an average annual value of $13 million, I would be ecstatic. You hear me? I would be going nuts in this chair because that's about what they can pay him. Going by the stats, going by the going rate, $13 million is about where they should have Josh Allen. And if I'm Josh Allen, no chance I'm signing that deal. Because you go to the free agency market, things get nuts, someone will pay him more than $13 million. Absolutely. So that's where the part of my article lies. So if you're going to be far away on contract negotiations and somebody's willing to give you a first-round pick, come on. It makes too much sense. Because I don't trust this organization to get a deal done. That's one, works for the team, and two, works for Josh. So if the alternative is after next year's uh, fifth-year option, Josh is just going to walk away, I would trade him now and get something for him. Because the Chiefs, somebody that's like Super Bowl ready, will win you or will give you a first-round pick. And I know the argument. Josh wants to be here. And I want Josh to be here. But you know what would make Josh not want to be here? A trade to the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that's ready to win the Super Bowl. He'd be like, yeah, I want to be in Jacksonville, but I also want to win the Super Bowl. A trade to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's cold. But they're maybe the best team in the league. I just think it makes too much sense. Uh, okay. Yeah, you know, um, if that scenario were to pop up, because I don't know who's been calling the Jags, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm guessing it depends on what the vision is moving forward, regardless of are you playing that game of chance with Josh potentially walking away if we can't come to an agreement on an actual contract. The thing that I always got to lean back on, though, is this. Mm -hmm. So, first and foremost, we want Josh Allen to be uh, that guy. We do. Well, But then we also want Trayvon Walker to be that guy. Somebody's got him. And you hope that one of those two figure it out. And since Trayvon just got here this year, you would think that, okay, what he's figuring out, you kind of give him a little bit of slack, right? However, you're like, okay... You are still athletic enough. You're still going to be an issue even if you're getting blocked, but you're going to take some of that pressure off of... Let me throw this in real quick. Yeah. I I know that we've had differing opinions on Trayvon Walker, and I made some some jokes about him right when we were watching the game the other week. I'm fine with Trayvon Walker. Right? 
So to your point, like me, you know, a half sack, like I say that as like, you know, as a number one pick, mostly kidding, right? I'm fine with Trayvon Walker. I didn't expect him to have 15, 10 sacks this year. I think he's progressing okay. More splash plays would be nice, but to your point, I'm good with that. Anyway, please continue. So if uh, if Trayvon is still growing, maturation, yes. whatever you want to call it, at least, at the very least, the kind of headache th- that you can cause will allow some of that pressure to be alleviated off of you, Josh. So now we can really see what you can do, maybe more one-on-ones as opposed to being double-teamed because we don't have anybody else on the defense that the offense is worried about. And because that we haven't seen what we think we should see from somebody that we're looking at, okay, we're going to be paying this guy mm-hmm. like he's the main guy on our defense, the one causing a lot of havoc, the one that's actually getting the numbers, not just causing the havoc, but getting the numbers at a position. It'd be a little bit different if he was like, uh, you know, a, a nose tackle, you know, on, actually on the line, like mm-hmm. interior lineman type deal. But at his position, I think a lot of people are looking at it like, yo, bro, you got to do more. You just you have to do more. But that's where the conundrum lies because I'll, I will never know the in-depth scheme of the Caldwell defense. I don't know what they're asking Josh Allen to do, and that's not an excuse. It's just legit. I don't know what they're asking him to do. But I've, I'm assuming that they're wanting him to do more, even if they're not coming up to Josh and being like, hey, man, can you, can you, can you get eight sacks? Can he cause more of a headache right here? I don't know the amount of pressures that he's had. I don't know any of those detailed numbers from this last game. But I will say it, it, it feels a bit underwhelming just as the casual fan looking at the game right here. Now, it, I'd be interested in hearing, like those behind-the-door conversations mm-hmm. between Josh and his agent, how much is he willing to compromise? Because we're on a whole different level when we start talking about contracts and money and mm-hmm. your career in football. So a lot of people maximize it. People like Tom Brady taking less money over the years is different because you know, Tom Brady, you know what I'm saying, 20-plus years, all these Super Bowl championships, is a different situation. More times than not, especially in, in these professional sports, I know in basketball for sure, and I don't know how it is in Major League Baseball, like players get pushback if you're trying to, you know, even give like a major hometown-type discount because it's about like the next player up. They were trying to get all the salaries up for all the players because everybody might not be the main Pro Bowl guy on their team. And so now you're thinking about, you know, guy number 52, 53 on the roster Mm -hmm. who you want to get as much money as possible while they're in the league. I'm not saying that, you know, Josh is going to be coming from the kindness of his heart like that. He wants the money for him based off of what he thinks he's done and what he's deserved. But I'd be interested in hearing. I know he'll never say it like those kind of things never come out. But I'd, I'd be interested in wondering how much they could compromise. What could they, what number would be fair? I don't know what you said in your article. Did you actually come up with a fair number or a number that you would only pay Josh? I 13. You, okay, I heard you say 13. And you, but you don't think, that's not a fair number to Josh. I'm just saying, do you think. I don't know you, what a fair number to Josh is. I'm just telling you that. He's not coming 13. No, he's not. Yeah. Because Randy no. Gregory just got 14, right? So if I'm Josh Allen, I'm not taking a penny over 15. And if I'm the Jags, I'm so not 15. paying him a penny over 13. Okay, so that's where the problem that's, is. That's a little two million. I say little, but you know what I'm saying. So, well, two, I mean, eight to ten, depending on the length of the contract, right? So, let, let me let me throw this one at you as well. Um, keep in mind, by the way, the Denver Broncos were down both of their starting tackles. Garrett Bowles is on IR, and uh, the right tackle I forget was out for the game. So they were working on backup tackles. 
And Trayvon Walker got a half sack. Josh Allen got none. Meanwhile, Dewan Smoot's out there with a sack and a half. And I put this in the article, and I, I said, if a first-round pick is on the table for a team that has gone 12-45 and 45 in their last 57 games, why not? Newsflash, you can find a guy to average six to eight sacks a season, and I believe that. Dewan Smoot is well on his way to his fourth straight season over five and a half sacks, never playing more than 65% of snaps in a season. So think about that. You got Dewan Smoot, who last year played 65% of snaps and had six sacks. Josh Allen at seven and a half, playing all the time. You're not that far off. Now, does Josh Allen make Dewan Smoot better? Without a doubt. Absolutely and unquestioned. But Dewan Smoot put in work yesterday against a backup tackle. Josh Allen did not. And I know that's the recency bias playing in, but I'm just telling you what happened. And I'm telling you, Dewan Smoot's a better player than he's getting credit for. And I'm not saying pay Dewan Smoot a ton of money, make him your frontline guy, okay, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is give this guy some more snaps because you might have something that I know they think they have something. They might have something more than they have. I want to address this one on the stream real quick, Brian, before we get out of here. Uh, there's two of them. Uh, one is how are you getting a first-round draft pick for someone who isn't a sack leader? I, it's a good question, and I can only tell you what I'm seeing being reported, right? The score had it earlier that people are calling. Um, we had it, uh, I think it was Schefter that had it a couple last week that like a first-round pick could be on the table for Josh Allen. I can just tell you what I've seen reported. I don't know that to be true, but I think if you're a good defense with another pass rusher, you're looking at Josh Allen and say, yeah, we can make that guy better. Seven and a half sacks, we can get him to 10. We can get him that number. And that's the question. So I don't know who's going to give up a first-round pick, but I think if you're a team like Kansas City and if you're a team like Buffalo, Philly's loaded up on pass rushers, so I guess they're good there. But I think teams that feel like they're a pass rusher away, Josh Allen at one first-round draft pick is a cheaper option than a Brian Burns who apparently was offered two and they said no. So I think that's where that comes in. I mean, to be honest, we don't know if anybody's offering a first-round pick. I can only tell you what I'm seeing reported, but I think a team would give up a first-round pick if you're a good team like Kansas City. And then um, I am legend with pretty much what I just said, but all I know is we have been up against backups and practice squad guys, and he can't get home. That's unacceptable. Well, for the seventh round, for the seventh pick in the draft, it kind of is, right? So anyway, I wrote this article. You can check it out on ESPN690.com if you so choose. So, uh, you know, if you want. There's a bunch of numbers. There's a bunch of contracts in there. Uh, so if you're into that kind of stuff, I'd appreciate it. It's on ESPN690.com. Brian Middleton, the rest of the defense got off easy there because we are way over on the break. But it it's almost hard to believe that they gave up a nine-play, 98-yard drive. 98 yards for a score, which Denver took a 14-10 to 10 lead at the time. And then they went like seven for 80 or something like that on the other scoring drives. So that's how that played out. I'm done with them. I'm not talking about the Jags until at least tomorrow. College football, other things coming up next. Overtime with Kurtz and Middleton. We'll be right back. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 